as you know, I'm renting a new house and we just went and visited it for the first time on our own. And we were going down the checklist of checking the condition of everything in the house so that it's known what's your fault and what's not when you move out. Right. So we're in the kitchen. Everything's looking good, looking good, looking good. And we get to the refrigerator. Okay, fine. Whatever. Let's open the refrigerator. Oh, God. So we open it up. Terrifying. (laughs) We open it up. And the first thing I see is just some, some gross splotches on the surface. And my wife also opens it up and she's like, huh, there's mold in here. And then the smell hits. <laughs> I was I was going to ask, but I didn't want to interrupt you. But I was going to ask, is there a delayed smell issue here? And then uh, the smell hits. And it smells rank. It smells so bad. Oh, my God. So I'm... I'm just, we just close that thing. I just say, close that. That is horrible. Did you almost vomit? I've thrown up because of that before. I did. I I literally, I've never thrown up because of a reaction to something disgusting, but except for the time that I opened an old refrigerator that had been turned off for too long. Oh, yeah. So that, I did not vomit, but I definitely felt like it. We (laughs) closed it. Boom, boom. Closed them as fast as we could. Opened the windows. My wife says... I'm not using that refrigerator. We need to get a new refrigerator. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What'd the landlord say? So, uh, yeah, I I kind of messed up when I communicated this to the landlord. So I called her and I said, I just, <laughs> I messed up. I said, there's mold in the refrigerator. And she said, oh, you know, you can just clean it off with some bleach and water. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I went back and talked to my wife and she said, no. You need to tell her that it is really, really bad, and she might need a new refrigerator. <laughs> so and did you follow up? I texted her, and I said, I think I understated the seriousness of the mold in the refrigerator. The The good thing is she promised that she would go over there this morning, this very morning we're talking now, and look at it herself. And I think that she'll understand pretty quickly what what the problem is yeah well you'll find out very soon if you have a shitty landlord or a good landlord so i guess it's, yeah. it's nice that you have this early test case yeah that is very true yeah she said that she had cleaned it out when the last people moved out a month ago and it was supposed to be left plugged in uh but it wasn't yeah i mean that's the thing she she probably was like oh i'll save 20 bucks by turning off the refrigerator for the month and then she leaves you know uh something there and then realizes what happened and then immediately shuts it and says, ah, they'll clean it out with bleach. It's a, it's, you know, that's, that's a thing where it's just, you know, just keep your refrigerator on, you know, Uh, it's, it's what 20 bucks to run it. I don't know how much refrigerator costs to run per month, but it can't be even that much, especially if you just run it on like not even top, top uh, coldness, you know, not the highest level. You can kind of avoid this nightmare scenario. Um, yeah, and that's 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 rough. I mean, it could be salvaged, I suppose. You cover it in bleach and leave the door open, but you just know too much already. You know, it's I like know. moving into a house where someone was murdered. I, uh, you can change the carpet, but if you if you see the big big old blood stain on the old carpet, that stays with you. Yes. I would say this is of equal severity. Yeah, so we'll see. Like you said, we'll see exactly what kind of landlord we're dealing with here.
This is Market Liberation Front. Burton Bohr and Henry Hazlitt. And the reason that you are renting and the topic of our conversation this week, since we're back yes. after our two-week hiatus. And by the way, I blame I, – we, we, we intended to take Easter off, but because of Bert's atheism and my alcoholism, uh, we didn't realize that we were a week early. So apologies <laughs> for anyone who's been missing us for the past week. <laughs> That's actually not what happened. We just we had other shit going on for the first time in nine months, almost a year actually. Now that I think about it, yeah, yeah, we're coming up on the one year anniversary. Yeah, but in any event, the reason that you're renting is because we're in a gigantic fucking property bubble right now. Dear God, holy shit! Yeah, so I was talking to my parents about renting versus buying and all these things. And they said, yeah, this is probably the worst time to buy a house ever where we live in living memory. Yeah. Yeah. In the worse than like 06, 07. I, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's, it's totally insane. The things that you hear about. It's great how they enacted all these regulations to prevent another housing bubble. And people are just, yeah, fuck it. Uh, no, nah, we're going to make 85 all cash offers on one shitty little house. More on that later. But uh, it's, it's okay, great. So, that just didn't stop it at all. I mean, maybe the loans they're giving out are a little better now than they used to be. But Do you remember uh, Diego de la Vega? Yeah. What's he, he his housing search has not ended since we talked to him. Jeez. Well, that was like six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So they they're still looking and they're looking in other places and the apparently this is a countrywide bubble because here where we live it's crazy and then they've been looking in other places also crazy i think we we need to have him back on actually to talk about this because yeah. he's he's really like trying to battle his way into the housing market and i think he's having trouble did he uh decide that he's going to not come back to california they decided to stay in California, actually. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, and then they're doubly fucked. Uh, right. <laughs> I think there's some new legislation in California that will allow you, if you want, to build more housing units on your property where the state law will supersede any local limits. And my parents who have, you know, acre, acre and a half backyard, I'm trying to convince them to build a 12-unit apartment building and then a separate <laughs> driveway and take out, like, uh, you know, a $5 million bank loan to fund the construction of this. And then, you know, in 20 years, they'll have a $25 million apartment complex in their backyard. <laughs> but they they should not, definitely do that. They're not they could fucking retire with that. Yeah, man, they, I don't want to say how much they paid for their house, uh, but they bought their house uh, over 20 years ago. And I think minimum, they would get 300% what they paid for it. And with the way these bidding wars are and sort of the unique attributes of their house, I think they could get 400%. It's insane. They probably said, could. Yeah, I said, I sell, sell the house, buy a brand new, nice one-story house in my sister's neighborhood, you know, down the street from my sister who you go and see several times a week because she has a baby now. And it's a 40-minute, you know, 30, 40-minute drive there. Just go do that and then pocket your money. Uh, oh, yeah. But they, they refuse to. Instead, they're staying in their house, which requires all this upkeep and they hate. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's where they're at. But uh, They should absolutely do that. Yeah, I'm sure that when they, when they finally pass away and my sister and I are getting ready to have their house, it will be in 
the midst of a gigantic housing depression and they'll actually take a loss on it overall after 50 years or whatever. <laughs> I mean, who, who can know what will happen 30 years into the future, but I'm, I'm sure uh, we're going to get screwed by this. But that's, yeah. that's, you know, that's their prerogative. It's their house, whatever. Can't force people to, you know, stop doing methamphetamine. So, man, I think that actually now that you mentioned um, people's parents who should sell their house, my my in-laws should sell their house because they've been thinking of moving for a long time. And it's probably I I'm sure that thing has appreciated like an insane amount. And especially now, I bet they could get so much for it. Yeah, because they live in a coastal California town as well, right? Where, yeah, where they, they live in a out of state. They live in an. I don't know. They they've been talking about moving to Oregon. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, even if there's a bubble there, usually if you're an old person, I mean, it makes sense to sell in a housing bubble if you're downgrading. Cuz even right. though your new house will be more expensive, you're still locking in the gains. And it makes sense to upgrade uh when the housing market is down because even though you won't get as much, you can get a bigger thing for cheaper, which is more important. Right. Right, but, and that's what they need. Yeah, and if they're old, you know, people whose kids aren't in the house anymore, I assume they want to downgrade. So, but you know, like you just can't force people to do things like that. It makes nope. perfect logical sense for my parents to leave their gigantic house that no longer has children in it, you know, <laughs> and to buy a new a new build that will require less maintenance with a smaller backyard that will require less maintenance. They would be they would be happier. They would just have to deal with the pain in the ass of moving. But they could yes. they could hire you know manservants to live in with them for six months, and that would just be a fraction of their gain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they could hire people to do the whole move for them yeah. too. My my mom my mom and I was like and my grandpa lives close to them and uh I, they he uh he has trees and in the past my mom was like well you know he planted those trees and he's really proud of them with his profits he couldn't pay to have. America's finest tree transplant service move his trees for him to his new home <laughs> would not be difficult for him. <laughs> but fuck that, bring the trees with you, dude. I we gotta talk about this this DC house. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. All right, well, let's just we'll go to the DC house, and then I think maybe we could talk about the money mustache article, which is a good okay. overview of this. Yeah, but yeah. This this DC house is something special. This is from. I guess Business Insider, but they call it Insider. Oh, I guess they changed their name. So the headline is, A fixer-upper in D.C. received 76 all-cash offers and sold for $200,000 over the asking price. And it shows how wildly competitive buying a home is right now. That's a real SEO. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> Take the paragraph long. And it, it's, it's important to note that, so, you you know, if you have a $1.3 million house and you sell it for 200 over asking, okay, sure, that's pretty impressive. But this house was listed at 275. <laughs> it's like 80% over asking or whatever. And it is it is a total dump. It looks like a teardown. Like you yeah. need to just rip it off the face of the earth and put in a completely new thing. Yeah. So uh, the article says... This this home received eighty eight offers in guess how many days? <laughs> in seven days. In four days. What? <laughs> and guess how many were all cash? <laughs> Fifty. Seventy six. What the fuck? Who and has guess, all this cash? And of those eighty eight, 
Guess how many people hadn't even visited the home before they made their offer? I don't know how many were all how many of those sight unseen were all cash, but how many people hadn't visited? Probably yeah. like half of them, like 15, 40. 15 sight okay. unseen. Um, Fuck, dude. Yeah. Jesus. Uh and 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 also apparently that wasn't even the highest bid. So I'm guessing that was the highest cash offer. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And someone maybe offered like 500 with a mortgage and they said, fuck it. You know, those way to not be greedy, by the way, just take your, take your cash offer of 200 above asking. Take the money and run. <laughs> oh my God. It's the, it looks like a, it looks terrible. It looks like no one has kept it up for, for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, there's the, oh, it's not boarded. It's just this disgusting. Uh, I thought those curtains were boards. But yeah, I mean, the, the front door has a board on it. Is it, or is that just a wooden? Oh yeah, it does have a board. Yeah, the doors, the front door is boarded up, or it's a very shitty door. Uh, the porch okay. is. It has all this grime on it. You know, there, there's no. Uh, it's you know, there's. It looks like it was built in the seventies, maybe the sixties. Oh, the worst time for housing construction, by the way. <laughs> Why is that? Because houses from the sixties and seventies are so cheap and shitty and their design is so boring i know this because all the houses around where i live are like this house they're bigger than this one but they look like this and they're just so plain and they i don't think they use particularly great materials when they built them because they they end up looking like this house looks yeah this 1800 square foot property that sold for nearly half a million dollars (laughs) where was where was it actually because it's in the it, wild. They said DC, but it's a DC suburb. Yeah, I think oh, it's Silver Spring, Maryland, which is yeah, okay. It's go. a perfectly fine area. Pretty suburban. Uh, so what I love also is the kitchen, which looks like a haunted house. <laughs> the appliances have not been changed since the house was built. There are these really creepy ancient stove and dishwasher yeah, and this bizarre <laughs> tile. It's like horrifying tile. Oh, oh, the counter, the tile countertops. Have you seen these before? No. Okay, so this, my parents' house had this when we moved in. They used to make countertops out of tile, which is the dumbest fucking thing you could ever do because there are these tiny little grooves all over it yeah. where the grout between the tile is. And guess what gets in those grooves? It's everything that you're trying to clean off the countertop. <laughs> it's like the worst fucking material ever for a counter and i like i have all these memories as a child of like cleaning like food out of those grooves in the tile counter i hate them jesus uh the and 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 this is not just maryland i mean dc they have their amazon hq money and they have their Mm. five trillion dollars in government largesse because of the decent and honorable man who somehow i guess despite barely winning uh, you know, both houses of Congress, uh, has a mandate to completely reshape the American economy, which I don't understand, but that's for another episode. But uh, so that part of it's being in D.C. where, you know, there's all that c- corruption money that goes to bureaucrats and people who hand out this $5 trillion. But there's also, uh, it's everywhere. In the, guess how much housing prices in January rose year over year? Compared to January, right before the pandemic began, after a year of pandemic. So January to January, how much yeah. they've risen? 2020 to 2021. 40%? 14. 40%. I mean, this is nationwide. <laughs> Maybe here, 40%. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there are definitely, there is, I think the Inland Empire 
I mean, maybe Orange County or the Inland Empire in California is 40%. That's just insane. Um, and yeah, that is why, by the way, those episodes we promised about me buying an investment property this year never materialized because you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather put them in the stock market bubble than the housing bubble. <laughs> Pick your or as as we've been recently discussing the crypto bubble. <laughs> yeah. And homes are spending less time on the market. Uh last January it was three weeks. Now or oh shit, I fucked up. This January it was three weeks. And a year before it was forty three days. Dude, it's it's insane. It's insane right now. I, what's it's just disturbing to me because I really wonder for this person who buys this house, is this going to pay off eventually? Well, I mean, I assume it's a government worker who can, no matter what, never be fired uh, and will work. You know, <laughs> so just show up to, you know, the Department of Social Justice and Equity or whatever and make, you know, $300,000 a year to write PowerPoints. Uh, and so they'll be doing that for 30 years and then getting a pension of 90% of their income. So I'm sure they'll be fine. You yeah, know, well, maybe. as long as you don't lose any, you don't realize your loss until you sell. So yeah, if you yeah. stay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, if the bubble bursts in a couple of years for whatever reason, and uh, and and you know, the price cuts in half or whatever. I don't know. I think that the I think that the U.S. property market bubble will only pop when the Chinese demographic problem becomes an issue. Because Whoa, so okay that's a that's a sophisticated take you're gonna have to explain that well I mean if you look I, I'm a little biased maybe it's just in California but the Chinese love to buy I mean they have no faith in their system because it's run by a psychotic dictator right and who who just controls the economy right you can have an IPO right. and if you mildly criticize the government he'll destroy your multi-billion dollar company overnight right so all of them despite their nationalism right and uh, their racism in in many respects they they're terrified of what's going to happen to their ill-gotten gains so they're just buying a house in the san gabriel valley you know like monterey park or something and uh, or before actually before you probably know about this but they completely distorted the housing market of vancouver canada yeah it's the same story same story as in southern california now it's just ridiculous because yeah. they're they just you know they send their kids you know, the, the, I'm talking about Communist Party elites. The average Chinese person, I have no problem against. You know, I have no problem with. Of course not. You know, it's just people. Uh, but the Communist Party elite, who it's like, yeah, my dad was the party cadre for this city of three hundred thousand people, and right. he stole three million dollars. Right. You know, a couple million of that is going to buy you know a four bedroom house in uh, in Burbank where he can just hide, you know, and, and, and he's, and of course he sends his kids to study at UCLA or Berkeley, and then maybe they stay and get citizenship and enjoy, uh, you know, the rights of American citizenship and buy all this property. But the Chinese, and the reason I said demographic crisis is, uh, the, the, you know, the Chinese had the one child policy, mm -hmm. right. And, right. uh, the, the social security system in China is your grandchildren keep you alive. But now you have hundreds of millions of Chinese uh, where there's one grandchild and four grandparents. Mm -hmm. And it's just uh -oh. not sustainable. <laughs> and, no. You know, and <laughs> they don't take in immigrants. You know, they're not like America. I mean, America is not have, having the best track record with immigrants recently. But generally in America, 
the short-term problem of disruption from immigration, it saves us in the long term, right? With more companies right. and more jobs and more taxes. And population growth. Right, right, exactly. So uh, when, when, that, when that demographic bubble bursts, they're going to have a shitload of economic problems in that country. And uh, yes. you know, maybe they'll have taken Taiwan by then and they'll be happy or whatever. But I, I'm, I'm very bearish on China and all of the billions and billions of dollars that they're pouring into our housing market is going to go away. And, right. Uh, and, you know, and then it's also, I mean, if their economy goes under, we're so tied to them, <clears throat> we're going to have problems too. So maybe there's some other systemic risk within the U.S., but my, my guess is that's when the bubble pops. That's when the bubble pops. Okay. That does sound like an, it would be in a while. Like how soon, who knows when bubbles pop, right? But how, yeah. how like close a, are we yeah, to like that? A decade, like a decade from now. So maybe okay. there will be some kind of course correction. Uh, maybe when interest rates start going up again, you know, because right. if the economy is growing at like 7% because of all this, you know, ma you know, magic money before inflation starts ruining our lives. Right. Uh, Enjoy it while you can, guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so maybe when interest rates go up, then people will be like, wow, well, you know, this million dollar house at 5% probably isn't the best deal. You know, right. like 2% <laughs> it starts to change the calculation. Right. So, I mean, I'm not uh, an expert. This is just from reading the newspaper and talking to people who think about this stuff. But yeah. I mean, this it's not sustainable. You can't have prices go up like this forever. And the, no, the foreign no, no. money pouring in, particularly from China, maybe makes it last a little longer. But eventually something's got to give. Right. So, And when that yeah. happens, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be sitting on a pile of cash. Yeah. I, I just wanted to uh, read this one quote from another article about this, uh, which is about just about the, the bubble. Uh, so they were trying to explain the reason why some of the motivations behind the bubble or some of the causes. So there's... Of course, there's millions of millennials entering their 30s, a typical age for first-time homebuyers. Pandemic has spurred new demand. People want to work from home, live far away, have more space. Uh, people have a bunch of money sitting around because they haven't spent it during the pandemic. And then, <laughs> this is my favorite part, supply has never been tighter. New home construction has plummeted since the 2009 recession. Homeowners are staying in their houses longer, in part because aging baby boomers are staying healthier later in life and choosing not to downsize. Fucking assholes, exactly. <laughs> I know. Like, like, your parents, my parents-in-law, really my parents also, all these boomers, they're like, oh, we don't need to move out of our giant house that only two of us are living in. Like, we can just stay. It's okay. Yeah, the taxis are so cheap on it, you know, in California in particular. Why would we, why would we want to give up that? You know, we pay almost nothing for, for our $1.5 million home or whatever it's worth. You know. <laughs> that, you know, well, you know, we, pay, we paid uh, $250,000 because we're hardworking. And I mean, our, our, our home increased 8, 8x over 20 years because we're hardworking, unlike you lazy millennials. Right. Lazy ass millennials can't afford to. They're just climbing over each other to try to be able to afford a new home. Unlike, unlike the people who bought them like 30 years ago, which... You know, that was that was when you really should have been alive to buy a house. Yeah, I mean, uh, so so many stories about people who had working class parents in Silicon Valley or, you know, sort of low level engineers who were like, well, we bought this modest 2000 square foot home in uh, in Palo Alto in 1974 for thirty dollars. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, oh, it, went to, I mean, it was a fixer upper. So we had to pay twenty thousand and we put, you know, two thousand dollars into it. 
and I worked on it for a month. But yeah, we uh, no, I sell it for seven point eight million. Why would we do that? We're happy here. <laughs> okay, okay. I've been watching. I've been rewatching the show Silicon Valley, and there's this excellent scene where they they have a conflict with their uh, older age neighbor, and <laughs> he's he's threatening to report them for uh, running a business out of their house, even though their house isn't zoned for it. Which is sure. actually a good criticism of another policy failure. But anyway, they go over and, and they yell at him. They say. <laughs> He's like, why do you think that your shitty house that you bought in the 70s is worth 20 times what it was when you <laughs> bought it then? <laughs> because of people like us. <laughs> Man, is that show over? Did it have its series finale? Uh, I think it did. I yeah. watched up until the last season. And oh I, my God. I would love to rewatch it. I need to find you out. You have to rewatch it. It's fucking hilarious i watched every season i really enjoyed it i just uh and then i think i moved when this final season started and i couldn't watch it they don't have a hbo go in um in europe pirates yeah i don't know i'm too lazy for that i'm I'm operating only off of my work computer and my ipad now so i don't know oh yeah you gotta be careful with that that. uh, i'll probably I, i think actually it's coming to the uk uh, and I'm going to be there for a few months, so maybe I'll get a free a free month trial and just watch yes. Silicon Valley in a month. I love that show when it thing. came out; so good, so funny. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the bubble it's it's just crazy, and I really just want to wait this shit out. Now, I I I really think a lot of it is also because people are just bored. They've been sitting in their homes doing nothing for like a year, and they're looking around going. You know, I feel like we could probably move and get a better place than this. Yeah. And everyone had that thought at the same time. And so now there's a housing bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to have my friend uh, Wayne back on because he oh, just yeah? got another tranche of 25,000 free dollars from uh, the government. Yeah. 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 I think this one is from <laughs> California. And he's he's been working. He's he, he kind of uh, diversified his business, but he's just he's not paying himself. He's just you know, billing people and they just paid into his coffers of the company that he is this single owner of. Uh, and he's still just <laughs> taking all this money to pay himself a salary by the government while he continues to do business for himself. It's it's a, that's a, that's a, that is the most pernicious lie in American politics now is whenever a far left politician tweets, we've only paid Americans $1,200. How are they supposed to survive one year on $1,200? And in reality, yeah. the total has been like 50% of GDP on stimulus. You know, it's, it's fucking insane. Yeah, because the whole concept from the beginning was that they would use employers to handle giving the stimulus out. They would yeah. give a bunch of money to businesses who would then be forced to pay it to their employees. Yeah, Although so, the magic of, of Wayne's business, of course, was that he was both the owner and the employee of his business. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's great because it's like – and if you did and if they couldn't, if it wasn't enough and they let you off, you got un, you got enhanced unemployment. I mean Wayne had the best of both worlds, right? Like you said, because uh-huh. he was getting enhanced unemployment and getting a bunch of money for his business and he was kind of uh-huh. just rotating between the two. Uh, he's like, oh, I ran out of my free government money to pay myself a salary. I guess I'll go on the dole and get – you know, and earn <laughs> 50, the equivalent of 50K a year on unemployment in California. <laughs> I should have I should have started an S corporation. I didn't think of that. It's such a good idea. I guess he al- yeah. he already had it set up. We but... should have started it for the podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Market Liberation Front Corporation. 
<laughs> just imagine that would be that would be not a that would be very much not a free market move on our behalf. <laughs> no, no, that would be the opposite of everything we stand for. To to start a corporation just to scam the government out of money that right. they took from taxpayers. I generally support. Uh, people taking money back from the government if they've been paying taxes for a long time and they get a chance Mm -hmm. but but it's like this isn't even funded by taxes this is just made up money right yeah it's just inflation money yeah but but don't worry mmt is going to take care of all of it we're not going to need to worry about inflation everything's going to be fine and we have a dignified president who sets his dogs on attack mode at white house staff (laughs) We have plenty of slack in the economy that's going to take this up. It's going to be totally fine. What I love actually about this whole thing is that when the Trump tax cut happened, everyone said, oh, you can't do that. It's going to wreck the economy. And it kind of didn't. It was fine. It did the opposite. It did the opposite. Poor people's wages went up faster than at any point since the Great Recession. And that normally doesn't happen 10 years into the recovery. (laughs) Right. So then – then we're going to do this thing. And it just makes me wonder. Everyone says, OK, this is going to wreck the whole economy. This big, crazy thing on the other side of instead of collecting less tax, you spend more money. I and I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll be fine. Who knows? Yeah. Well, they have the advantage of all of the negative things that they're doing will be outweighed by the by the vaccine stimulus. Right. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> you know, right. So and it's, and Trump this- got the other side of that. That right. stick, right? Because yeah. everything was going great until yeah, the he had pandemic. Operation Warp Speed. You know, everyone was mocking him for saying the virus would be ready or the the vaccine would be ready at the end of the year, and uh, and then it was. And now it's you know, now you look at. I mean, there are all these great indicators where if you look at like cruise ship bookings or something, or I mean, in Disneyland, they're opening Disneyland, right? And you yes. can't even go on rides; you can just walk around. What? Basically. What yeah, the I think fuck? So. Yeah, and I think I think you know the food stands are closed or whatever. It's a very limited Disney experience and the wait list is like 15 years to get in now. There's <laughs> 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 just all that you know it's the same thing with cruises. Everyone is just ready to get the jab and go on a, a vaccine oh passport God. cruise. So People they're going to so benefit. I think bored. Yeah, the question will be what does it look like 2 or 3 years from now when you're kind of baseline, all right, we we roared back. Because everyone's been sitting around. What does it look like when when that goes away? Uh, I don't think I told my vaccine story on the podcast yet. Oh, no. So I'm vaccinated. Yeah, which is great because my parents who live 100 miles away, you know, with pre-existing conditions in their 60s are not. uh, Yeah, California is is the best governed state in the union, man. (laughs) (laughs) California really is a microcosm for the U.S., though. It's just completely fucking everything up and still coming out on top. Yeah, that is <laughs> just doing yeah, everything, but, <laughs> doing everything but we wrong. Have a, we have a, a horrifying unified leftist government in California, which the United States does not have. Yeah, not yet. Uh, I mean, Biden doing his best to you know <laughs> to get us there. Yeah, but it is uh, it is quite remarkable. Well, I I would say that okay, so. I think the story of how I got the vaccine actually is a pretty libertarian story because I I was home actually sick because I hadn't I had gotten like no sleep the night before and I wasn't at work and my wife texted me she was out on a run she said Bert my friend just texted me they're giving out vaccines in this park downtown and 
We should just go get one. Like, Are you sure you got a coronavirus vaccine and not just, you know, like an injection of HIV or something from a, a sadist? You know, there's really no way for me to know, but, go but everything, everything seemed legit. I am, I am surprised also, given America's culture of scamming the shit out of people. You know, for know. as many legitimate, inspiring businesses there are, there are also just so many scumbags in this country. I'm surprised there haven't been more fake vaccine sites stories. Which, by the way, that should be made a felony with 25 years in prison if you set up a fake vaccine site. <laughs> like a I've seen a lot minimum. of... Oh my god, that'd be fucking wild. Anyway, so we went there and seriously, it was just this park that is like a known park that homeless people hang out in, that they clearly picked. So... What we found out later was that this was a nonprofit whose whole mission is to give medical treatment to homeless people. And they had been there vaccinating on the homeless people. But they ran out of homeless people and they still had vaccines. So they were just giving them to random – turned That's out to amazing. be random millennials who were walking by. That's ridiculous that they didn't give it to trans POCs first. <laughs> I don't think they could I I mean even if they had wanted to it seemed like they were doing everything they could to rustle up just anybody to give the vaccine to. But anyway, so we got there, they said we're not sure if we have enough for you or not, but we waited anyway. The reason I thought it was legit was because you, they had this they had everything that looked right. They had the CDC card, they had the the disclosure about the vaccine, they had people with t-shirts that said the name of the organization on it so i don't know it could have been could have been anything that they gave me but they said it was the johnson and johnson vaccine so i guess i believe them okay. <laughs> yeah oh by the way this is a uh, a columnist at the la times the headline is california rushed to vaccinate poor people but what about transgender people <laughs> and it's great because it's being attacked from the right you know for obvious reasons but also from the left uh, this guy on Twitter, just some grad student, uh, he tweets, LA Times, I have news for you. A lot of trans people are poor. Ascribing vaccine hesitancy to marginalized individuals rather than access barriers misses the point. Do better. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because I don't see why poor people and trans people are different groups that should be considered differently. Like, like, I don't get it. It seems like there could – like if you drew the Venn diagram, there would be some overlap between those yeah, two. Hold on one second. I'm going into my Twitter settings and I'm permanently you, – you know there's a function on Twitter where you can put phrases to ignore so they never show up in your feed? No, that's yeah. funny. So you can put like Trump and you'll never see a tweet that says Trump. I'm adding do better to my uh, list of phrases <laughs> that I don't want to see on – because I've never heard anyone or I've never read anyone write do better and I thought, oh, that was a persuasive <laughs> argument or, oh, I learned something from that. <laughs> that was a great tweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, think, so <laughs> – I think the vaccine, it should have just been by age, right? Isn't that the most consistent uh, variable? And the easiest they've, to administer, you just need an ID. And yeah, just go down. that's more or less what they've been doing. Yeah. Well, my what I love about this our story though is it's very libertarian because it's a private charity organization who is just giving it out to people kind of of their own volition, and there's no government mandate of you know you have to give it to these people or those people they're just out doing it and that's how i got the vaccine i didn't have to i didn't have to use some horrifying website or or you know punch an old person to 
get in line in front of them or do anything like that. I just first come first serve. Yeah, exactly. I I think uh, if I, if I was uh, Hitler uh, and I was in charge of the vaccine and I could use, you know, I had all my powers. Uh, By the way, if I, when I, when, instead of saying if I was a king, I'm I'm saying if I was Hitler, just to be controversial, wow, to shake things. Brave. No, but uh, in reality, uh, yeah, because Americans, we only have one political analogy. It's so true. It's just either Hitler or not Hitler. Those are the those are the thing. That's how we use history in America. Godwin's law: all political arguments either come down to you're a Nazi or no, I'm not a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I mean, I guess you could have. It's always I should say our only real historical analogy is World War II, and Hitler is the most prominent. You know, if you're kind of sophisticated, you might be like, oh, Vichy France or something. Uh, Or you go to Stalin. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But really, it's just Hitler or not. No, if I was a dictator, it would just be based on age. And then, but if you're not in the age group, you can put yourself on a waiting list that's basically, at the end of the day, if people didn't show up or if we have leftover, we will call you and you can come get it. Which I think is more or less what they're doing in the UK. And that's working pretty well. I have a colleague who... He lives ten minutes, a ten minute walk from his doctor's office, and they told him they they were at, you know he went in for a checkup, and they they said you know look you live close by if you want we will call you uh, on a day when we have a couple extra doses at the end of the day that we're just going to trash, and I think he's in his late thirties, yeah. and then he got it. But uh, I again, you see, know. I don't totally agree with that. I think that they should do it by in order of of people who are most like closest to the economy like all the people who have to be around people to work so all the grocery people yeah, and but what, restaurant what you, people and retail you, people so should a 21 year old uh should a 21 year old you know cashier at a Ralph's get it before an 81 year old who lives at home I don't yes. think so. I totally disagree. Because the 81 year old can just stay home. No, man, that's bad. <laughs> and like, that's the, bad the for the functioning of the economy doesn't depend on that 81 year old in the way that it does he, depend on the 21 year old. He can't just stay home. He has to go to the grocery store and buy himself groceries. No, he doesn't. What? Do you think all you think all 80 year olds can afford to have food delivered? There are a lot of poor oh old people God. in America. Also, if the grocery, I'm sure the people who spread it in the grocery store yeah, that, but that, okay, are. Okay, here's here's my question: Do you are really the cashiers? Do you really trust Gavin Newsom to come up with a formula to figure out who is an essential worker? Do you really think that your government would do a good job of putting? No, together no, no. A list I thought it was like if you're a dictator, you get to decide how it happens. Yeah, okay, so I'm no, a no, dictator if, here, no, not I mean, Gavin. I mean, he, he, I mean, but he sort of is a dictator in terms of the vaccine. <laughs> it's not like he has to go to the legislature and ask them. He just comes up with a plan. And, does it? No, I thought we were just doing if if we were in charge. If I was in charge, that's what it would be. Yeah, well, it, and it, it would, would be, be me fucking, running it, would, so of it would course be a it would fucking work. disaster because you'd spend a month trying to figure out how to organize the workers. It's and fucking it just simple. Politically... You just go to all the workplaces. You just go to the grocery store and vaccinate everybody. Which it's grocery easy. store do you go to first? Fucking all of them. That's not how it works. You don't have like 100 million doses just sitting and, you know what I mean? And who do you send to do it? I it to me it makes sense that like you bring the vaccine to the people who need it instead of forcing them to come to you. I guess I mean, but who? Okay, so you have to hire a workforce. That'll be real easy to do. I don't no, know. No, no, man. no. You use the people who would be doing it in an office, and you fucking send them to the place where the vaccine is needed. Mm, it's not my, that complicated. No, I, I don't think so. I think I mean we have fifty states. Obviously, one them, no one has done this idea, so I guess everyone agrees with you. But to me, this is what makes the most sense. I don't know. I think it's too fraught to, to classify workers. Like that. 
You I mean, don't have to classify them. You just got to go to the place where they are. Yeah, okay, but how do you decide which – so, you okay, grocery stores. What about construction workers? I mean, there's like – remember when we were reading too. those – Remember when we were reading those list of jobs? Uh, uh, the no. list of jobs in that episode with uh, the, the fake jobs. There's so many different types of work. I don't know. I just think that that makes it too complicated. You just do it by age. And then you're going to have people dressing up as grocery store workers, which actually happened in Canada. There are people who are dressing up and pretending that they were nurses at, an, uh, at a convalescent home. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that level of waste, fraud, and abuse seems worth worth the... It, there's got to be some kind of fraud, no matter what you do. That also, seems worth it to me. There aren't that many old people. Is the other thing. Oh, yeah. okay. So maybe this is the difference in our perspective because where I live, like everybody is old, and it's taking them forever to get through all the old people. Like they know. still haven't opened. They're not even done with all the old people yet. They still haven't even opened it up to everybody else. Like this is why I had to go get it in a park because they're not done vaccinating everyone over sixty-five yet. No, I don't know. I just think it's you. You want to make it as simple as possible and. You want to make it who is less likely to die. And all, I don't what agree is it with like? That. The majority of the fatalities are 75 plus. The point is to I, prevent I, people I from dying. I don't agree with that. Okay, so it's, it's not. It's not about preventing people from dying. Then why don't we no. just open the economy up? Because, like, that would obviously make a lot of people die. I'm saying that, like, the most good of the vaccine would be to give it to people in a way where we could open the economy as soon as possible. And, like, giving it to all the old people who are sitting in nursing homes is not the way to do that. I mean, those people will get – everyone will get vaccinated eventually, right? It's like, what's the most good that we can do? I understand. This is America. Like, we have a really intense well, okay, you're saying, what's the most good value placed and... on human life here. Like, human life here is worth more than basically anything else. So it doesn't surprise me that this is the way that we decided to administer the vaccines. But I don't think that it's the right way to do it. All right. Well, I guess we just disagree then. I just think the point of all of these policies is to reduce death. And the best way to reduce death is to give vaccines to old people. So then why didn't we just do a 100% lockdown the whole time? Mm. If the point is to reduce death, the the best way said, to do that would I be said, to reduce, literally I, force everyone said, to stay home like China. I said China. reduce, not eliminate. Okay, I mean, I'm not, but I'm not for, eliminating I'm not, it be reducing it as much as possible? No, uh, the best way to do it is to have a vaccine. Right. And until you get that, you just have to accept that there's some level of spread and that you just don't want your hospital systems to be overwhelmed. I'm not a lock. I'm the opposite of a lockdown person. And the faster well, you vaccinate the people that die, the faster you can open up the economy. For see, everyone. I don't I don't agree with that, because like if you I think that the fastest way to open the economy is to make it so that like the people who face the economy are vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that I, I, it's the typical technocratic fallacy where, you know, because you're a smart engineer, you think that you can easily solve this problem. And the economy is infinitely more complex than a central planner could ever imagine. And so just designing, getting it to the right people, designing it from Sacramento would be a fucking nightmare, even if you have broad dictatorial powers. So I choose a, sli a simple and more elegant solution, which is it's easy to organize by age and just give it to those people as fast as possible. And I think you'll get to everyone being vaccinated faster that way. I don't know. I think that oh, the other thing is like these ideas are not mutually exclusive. Like it's not actually I doubt that it's actually that many people who like work in these jobs where you need to like be around other people all the time. So you could do both. Dude, you most, could, like, people, most people have those kinds of jobs. 
that you have to be around people. Most people don't sit at a desk. You just have a confirmation bias because you went to college and all your friends did. But there are just vast swaths of America, people that, and I have the same bias that you and I don't talk to, who do have to interact with people. Yeah, I understand that. And that, I think those people should get the vaccine first. Yeah, okay, but you're saying <laughs> not I me. Think, but you're saying I think and not old people who are retired who can stay home. Nah, because they 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 have to interact with people and that's why they're all getting that's why they're all getting fucked. I mean, the old people at nursing homes, they weren't going out and partying, but they're all just fucking dropping dead because you have to interact with people who interact with the economy. Unless you're a subsistence farmer and you're 85 years old and you're growing your own tomatoes. Like, aren't the nurses of the people who work at nursing homes, aren't they like the first people who got vaccinated? Yeah, I guess. Like I that's, mean, sure, that makes sense, but it would have made like more all sense. all the healthcare workers? I mean, it would have made more sense to vaccinate all the old people before a 25-year-old nurse who's not going to get sick. Is my yeah, view. but why would you why would you vaccinate all the people in the nursing home when you could vaccinate like the 10 people who work at the nursing home? And well, that is that is else a case where you actually can do both at the same time. I would say that healthcare workers are the one exception where I'm like, that's that makes the most sense because those are the people who why? would directly deal with COVID because you're a healthcare worker. I mean, why does that not have the same problem? Because of that's like one, you've selected a special group. Because that's because that is that group. is actually one special group. What you're saying is 50 percent of the economy should get it before old people. And I say, good luck organizing that. 